Welcome to Dieter's Canadian Junior Football Podcast, bringing you features, interviews, and opinion. Lots of opinion on everything Canadian Junior Football. We are talking to the president of the Hampton Hurricanes, Mike Samuels, all the way uh, coming to us from Hamilton. Imagine that. You're the president of the Hamilton Hurricanes, and you're in Hamilton. Actually, actually, I'm in Ancaster today. Okay. Well, one of the, one of the goals of this podcast is to uh, get people from across the CJFL knowing a little bit more about our program. So where is Ancaster? Uh, Ancaster would be considered... Um, you know, I say it tongue in cheek. Hamilton has a mountain, but it's not like a mountain in BC. It's actually an escarpment from the, the Bruce Trail, a big uh, winding 200 kilometer nature trail that goes through southern Ontario. And it's at the west end of the city. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's close. It's actually between Hamilton and Brantford where we play our uh, home games this year. Funny, you know what? I know Hamilton. You know, the steel city, and I, I think maybe it, it takes some uh, brunt of jokes on occasion, but I've got friends that are there, and there's some real beautiful spots to it, isn't there? Actually, you know what? Um, Hamilton gets a really bad knock because, you know, I'm, I'm sure we're like any city. You know, there's, there's, some, there's some bad parts of town, or, or alleged bad parts of town, and you know, when you come over the Skyway Bridge from Burlington, um, you know, the first thing you see is is the steel mills. So right away, there's there's a little bit of stench. It's not overpowering, but people always joke, as soon as they cross the bridge, they know they're in Hamilton. Um, but, yeah, it, it is a beautiful city. Uh, it's comprised of um, former little towns, and now we've amalgamated into the greater city of Hamilton. So, you know, it's been home for me. I wasn't born here. I was born in Chatham, but pretty much raised here my entire life, and uh, I love it here. I met Angelo Mosca. He was in Kelowna speaking at an event about, uh, gosh, seven, eight, nine years ago, and he could not talk enough about the city that he calls home now. So, Yeah, it's, um, you know, people are... Um, you know they're blue collar. Uh, they're they're tough people, um, but it, it, there's still there's a character about it. That's all I can say. There's just a character about it. So, so let's uh, let's get forward over to Mike Samuel and and um, the Hamilton Hurricanes. Uh, why the love for junior football? How long you've been with the Hurricanes, and and what keeps you going? Um. So my story is, uh, so I played for the Hurricanes from 85 to 87. And uh, first off, the Hurricanes uh, started out in 1963. They folded in 94, uh, some financial difficulties. And uh, a bunch of people were looking to resurrect the club in early um, 2007 to put them in back into play in 2008. And I was asked to get involved. Um, all of us who uh, came back with the startup in 2007 um, were all former players. So we all we all took something away from our time with the Hurricanes. 
And um, you know what? I was uh, I played high school football in Hamilton. Um, ended up getting a full scholarship to Western Kentucky in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And um, <clears throat> I went down there in January of '85, and uh, and um, by the time I, I decided to do a spring semester. Uh, just to kind of get my feet wet and do spring football. And then um, when I got home, my um, my father pulled me aside and told me that my mom uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. So that was a big shock. I had a sister 12 years my junior at the time, younger sister at home with my parents. And... Um, you know, my you know, I was pretty concerned. And my dad, my dad said, "Don't worry about it. We got this." You know, you've got aunts and uncles and cousins, and they're going to pitch in and help out. And I just, I told him I couldn't do it. I couldn't go back. I don't think my focus was there. And I uh, talked to my coaches in uh, Kentucky, and they held my scholarship for one year. And um, you know, I still miss the game of football. I started working and helping my my parents out at home and that and. Uh, uh, the Hurricanes came calling. They heard I was back in town, and uh, I decided to go play ball. And <laughs> to be honest with you, I you know I, I couldn't leave at that at that point. Um, God rest her soul. My mom made it for seven years, passed away in '92. But the Hurricanes, to me, were the outlet to play football that I thought that I had lost. Um, and, and there's multiple guys over the years that have been in that situation. And that's why I felt important when the call came to get back involved and give back um, my time. You know, hopefully the guys enjoy some of the experiences I had. So that's how it is. And, and I'm glad you told that story. I was going to ask you to talk about it if you hadn't. So, and, and that goes a long way. You and I have had a lot of discussions over the years as, as to why your passion, and, and I think that kind of uh, sums it up as to why. Of, of the guys that got back involved in, in uh, 07, mm-hmm. the football team back, um, how many are left of that, of that group? I think just me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know you were going to say yeah, I think. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have. I, there, there are some guys that you know. Guys have. Um, uh, I, I sh- there are still guys that are involved with the club. They're not involved at the board level. Um, you know, they're a phone call away. Um, you know, one of one of the guys that you know helps gets a sponsorship. He was part of that board, and he stepped away from the board, but always said, "You know what, Mike? I'm always going to have my uh, ear to the ground, and and if I see an opportunity for sponsorship, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to direct them your way, or or try and uh, you know negotiate something." And uh, he's continued to do that for. I think he left us in 2012, but he's continued to be a big supporter. Um, and and actually, um, another guy, Brian Copeland, who it was actually Brian Copeland's uh, vision to get the team back on the field because he played back in the day. And um, he did it for two years, um, had some 
uh, personal issues he had to deal with, and he had to back away as president. So the board uh, uh, voted me in. And uh, Brian is still, um, to me, he's he's kind of my confidant. Um, you know, I can pick up the phone and, you know, I can either vent to him or um, ask him for advice or what have you. He's, he's um, yeah, he's, he's still very involved. And, and actually, I don't know if you know the name Wally Barubek. Um, Wally was a player in the 60s, became the president of the Hurricanes from... I'm going to say like 75 and he was the president up until 92. And, um, for some reason there was some pressure for him to resign and he resigned and the guy that took over ran it to the ground two years later. So Wally still kicks around, uh, his health's not the greatest, but he still comes to games and watches and stuff. So, but, um, yeah, I, I still hear from people. That's for sure. But, hands-on involved guys, you know, other things coming, come into your life. And, uh, you know, they've gone other routes and stuff like that. I guess they figured, okay, it's in good hands. We can leave it, but, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a lot of work for a few people to, uh, I mean, running a junior football team is, is so time consuming. It, it, how many people, I know it's maybe a tough question to answer because there are peripheral, People are uh-huh. helping you mention, but day to day, how many people are involved? Coaching staff aside, um, but directors and, and the support staff, how many people are, would you say? Um, I'm going to say, as far as the, like, are you talking about the business side, the on field side, the in? The business side. The business side. Um, I think there's seven of us total. One guy's looking to get out, and um, but yeah, there's seven of us from the business side uh, on field. I mean, you know, we have we do have our coaches, and we have our team manager, and um, we have um, uh, like our equipment manager and our trainer, and you know, the on field stuff's uh, pretty solid. Uh, the off field stuff is. You know, in my eyes, you know, you're always going to have bumps in the road and different obstacles. But, um, like right now, Paul Bevan is, uh, you know, my main, my main guy, uh, for the operations and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. But and you're right. It's, it, it is time consuming. You have to be, pardon my language. I don't know if you can edit. You have to be balls deep to, to want to do this you have to enjoy it you have to love it and you you know your your gratification is a, a smile on a kid's face because he gets to play football or, or what have you this season uh, you're you're sitting six and one um, I know you're not a coach but as, as the president is as the returning champs is this about where you thought you were going to be this year um, you're, you're in a battle with Windsor in London um, what were you expecting going in? I don't. I, I, you know, I don't. I don't think we never. We never place um, expectations. Um, it's always been a thing with the Hurricanes that we have. You know, we have one goal always at the beginning, um, and that's to win the OFC because um, you know we we don't 
playing our goal to be, you know, national champions. Once you get into the playoffs, you want to win OFC, and then that gets you the ability to compete at either whether you're hosting it, whether you're in the national semifinal. So, you know, our, our, our main focus is we got to get on out of Ontario first. So I don't think we ever put any expectations on ourselves as far as what we want our record to be or, but I mean, this is season 12 for us. Um, you know, Jason Hayes was our head coach for the first 11 years and he resigned because he, he relo- his family's relocating. Um, and um, we knew it was in good hands. So uh, is sure we wanted to be seven and zero, but you know we met a, a great Windsor team and and they took it to us. They gave it to us, and um, you know we've got the rematch this Saturday. So hopefully we can reciprocate and and drop one on them. But um, I, our expectations, Blake, are always high to the point that we expect we're going to be in the playoffs year after year because we haven't missed them yet and. So naturally, that's that's something that we expect. I imagine that the first year that we don't, you know, the uh, the sky will be falling. So. This year, you were uh, throwing a bit of a curveball at the start of the season when um, you had a forfeiture. Yeah, um, Ottawa. That was that. That was the first game of the year, correct? Yes, it was our. It, it was week one for the OFC. Yeah. Okay. Um, and now we're going to dive into some of the things you and I have, have talked about in the past. So, I mean, this year has been, you know, a bit more tumultuous, for lack of a better word, than usual for the OFC. You, you know, you've got Ottawa forfeiting a game against you. Uh, the following week, they they postponed a game against Windsor. Um, yeah, necessitating a, a game next weekend when the rest of the conference is in the bye week. And then this coming weekend, um, Niagara. Um, forfeited is forfeiting their game against uh, London. Right. You've been around the OFC, um, you know, just about as long as anybody now, with a couple of exceptions. Um, mm-hmm. What's What's your thoughts on how concerned are you when when you when you see what's happening, what's happened in Ottawa, and, and that's been such a proud franchise in the past. Uh, what's yeah. happened there and and with Niagara this week? My, my, I guess my feelings, Blake, are, uh, I guess, uh, breaking it apart with Ottawa. I was kind of, I was kind of thrown for a curveball. I mean, traditionally, Ottawa's, um, you know, Ottawa's always there. They've got a storied franchise, and you know, we we've never really seen any turmoil with Ottawa. Um, so when it came down the pipeline, that they might be forfeiting. I was, I was like, what? I, what do you mean? And, um, but then as, as the conversation grew, I found out, you know, they named a new coach, uh, late, later than usual. And I guess they're, um, I guess maybe part of their focus was on their varsity teams as opposed to, getting ready for the CGFL, and I don't know, I'm just surmising because they've got a very talented group of, of minor players. Um, and, 
Yeah, I, I, I know, I know the guy that uh, took over Warren um, seems pretty committed to the process, and um, I think he too may have gotten a late jump on the whole uh, on the whole process. So I think with Ottawa, it's a bit of an anomaly. I, I really do. I think it's a one-off. Um, I, I think I think they'll rebound and be fine. Um, Niagara's Niagara's obviously struggled. Um, I don't think we've had a forfeiture in the OFC um, since uh, ever until 2016, when I think Niagara forfeited to Windsor, and then I think the next year it was Ottawa. Last year it was us in the second game of a back-to-back. At halftime, they forfeited. And then now this year to London. So um, they've, they've pretty much forfeited to everybody once except for GTA. So um, it's, a tough, it's a tough situation for them. I mean, they're, um, they're, they're down the highway from us. They're only about a half hour away. So, I mean, they're, I guess their, their catch area is going to be the Niagara region, which has produced some great football players. The problem is, I guess, is that um, you know when we get when we get um, guys who recruit with us, and we get tips about guys, they you know they don't they don't want to go to Niagara. Some guys do, and and that's okay, and. Um, but some guys don't want to go to Niagara because of these uh, events, the forfeit, um, you know, the poor record over the last uh, four years. And um, so I, I think, you know, traditionally we've been in the playoffs every year and especially for guys driving by Hamilton to get to Niagara, why would I drive to Niagara? I can just stop in Hamilton and, and try out for that squad and hopefully get it. And I, I think that's part of the struggle for them. Um, so, you know, um, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, something that I think the OFC and the CGFL are looking at. Um, just to, you know, just to see if it's a viable solution to keep them going or what. Like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I can tell you this, like, uh, uh, Brad and his wife Joan, um, they do work their tail off. Um, for some reason, it just doesn't seem to be working for them. Um, it's, it's not because they're not trying. That's, that's for darn sure. That's for darn sure. But um, I, I'm not sure exactly what the issue is. So, so a half an hour apart, my guess, you know, really close. I think, they, I mean, we've got a situation like that out here in. Uh, BC, where we've got uh, Chilliwack and, and Langley about 45 minutes apart, but maybe it's a little bit different situation because uh, Chilliwack recru- recruits so many players from the prairies. But in that in that Kashmir that you're talking about, then so let's you know, let's so let's draw you know let's just draw an hour circle around both cities. About how many high schools are in there? Do you think? Uh, around both combined? Yeah, yeah, in that area if we get right over. I know there's about 20 high schools in Hamilton, of which I think 17 have football programs. 
And if if I had to, I don't know exactly how many in Niagara, but I'm going to say about about 13. That's my guess. And that's between public and Catholic for both. I'm going to say somewhere around 30, 30 football programs. So now I know anybody listening, and as I said, the goal is to, one of the things we're trying to do is to let different regions in the country know what's happening elsewhere. Out west, I know mm-hmm. our teams are all going to go. Jesus, thirty high schools between two teams—that's a—that's a pretty good deal. Right. Um, but now I know I talked to Brad Anderson before the season um, about my little uh, pet project that uh, we're going to get to eventually. But his response kind of threw me when I talked to him. I had the same conversation with him that I have had with you as to, hey, how can we? make Ontario not just exist? How can we get them competing? And, right. and his response was, you know, not, not to put words in his mouth, but hey, we're not here to compete. Uh, I'm just here to get kids on the field, and I don't even want to be part of the CJFL. And quote, he said that, no uncertain terms. So, you know, at, at what point, you know, when we're looking at keeping a team viable, you know, if a team's going to consistently drop a game every year, and this isn't hockey where it's one of 70, it's it's 10% of your, you know, it's 15% of your schedule. Right. It's time for the UFC to say, see ya. And, and that's the rumors I'm hearing that that may be happening. But, and again, that's the question you don't want to answer. Um, but why would you want a team around that aren't, isn't how, aren't the Hurricanes better off with them gone anyway since they're going to pull this on you? Uh, are we better off with them going? Um, Just in terms of credibility, if nothing else, right? I think, I think, Blake, that um, not so much with them gone. Um, I think that, listen, I think the OFC needs to be viable, and I think we need to have, you know, six solid franchises with great league parity. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's unfortunate, but I wouldn't say it would be helpful to us if they were gone. It doesn't, it like for the hurricanes themselves, that doesn't, um, that doesn't give us any advantage anywhere. If, if that makes sense, so let's, let's I don't I, I don't want to I don't want to comment and and you know throw stones that wouldn't it be better if they're gone? That's um, my opinion. I Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, I think more. Let's put it this way: I'd be happier if they were stronger. No, of course. And when I say yeah. happier if they're gone, like let's. And, and and I get it. You're saying, hey, there's enough high school football to go around. Fair? In, in that yep. region, that's not what we're talking well, about here. But That's debatable, too. Okay, so, well, yeah. that, that's, the, that's the next topic. But, yeah. you know, like, like, let's just pretend for a second, you know, like I look at the London Beefeaters. They're supposed to have a football game this weekend, and they yeah. got the rug pulled out from them, and now they're not going to be playing football for three weeks before the playoffs start. This is a team that was rolling as, as I'd mentioned today in a, in a column they were rolling along they've they won four in a row 
Okay, last week they lost to Windsor. That's a football game that happens. This week they're supposed to get back in the saddle, and they just got screwed over. Yeah. Big time. This was a chance for them to rest some guys up, get some young guys. I mean, this is this could. Yeah. This could be the the undoing of the London Beefeater season in a worst case scenario, just in terms of momentum lost. And I, and I, you know, there's my two, you know, and I, I yeah. sorry, I'll, I'll shut up in a minute, but no, okay. you know, we talked about both the the, uh, the Raiders and and two teams. I I've had conversations this year with uh, Warren Steeds in in Ottawa, uh-huh. and there's a team that forfeited, but his whole mindset and his whole business acumen is completely different. I mean, you know, you know, we, we disagreed on some things like, you know, his, his argument was and valid argument. Hey, we're doing so many great things in Ottawa. You know, we're, we've got the young kids We're you know, all the programs. And I said, okay, but I'm calling, I'm talking as a CJFL guy, but he said, I get it. We've got to fix it. And we're going to, and he, he at least is aware of the problem. And he says, God damn it, we're going to get back to that national stage. Where on the, on the other side, the Raiders, they said, we don't care to. Yeah, I think, I, I think the difference, I think the difference, quite honestly, Blake, is that, you know, Ottawa has that tradition. Ottawa has that pride. Like, they, they recognize, damn, like, we dropped the ball on that stuff. For the Raiders, since uh, like you know the Bra- the Burlington Braves were going to fold up shop, and 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 Brad said, "Well, I'll take them over, but I want to move them to Niagara." And and you know the Braves said, you know Larry Irish, the past president, said, "Well, go ahead because if you don't, it's just going to fold anyhow." I just think since he's moved to Niagara, you know, there's no there's no tradition. Built. There's no winning formula. There's, you know, there's. I, I don't. I don't mean to sound facetious, but there's nothing to. There's no accomplishment. I think they've won two games in four years and forfeited more times than they've won. So there's nothing really to pride themselves about. So I think you know. Had there been some some success in Niagara, you know, once you get a little sip, you know, oh, you want a bigger gulp, and um, I just don't think they've had that sip yet, and um, you know, it, it's just an unfortunate situation for them, so and for everybody, but absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, it it. it <laughs> Nobody, nobody wants to see it. No, not at all. Not at all. Like nobody's, nobody here in Ontario is going. You know, great, good. Like nobody likes that state. You know, uh, we we know we know the perception across Canada. We hear it a lot. We see, you know, we see the comments on social media. OFE's the weaker, you know, stepsister. Uh, to the prairies and, and the BCFC, um, we get it. We get it. Um, but you know, at the same time, this, these things don't these things don't help us. That's for darn sure. They definitely don't help our uh, our cause. So, 
So I asked you, we talked about the number of teams in the region between Niagara and the Hurricanes, and even though there's, and, and as I said, about 30 high schools and teams out west might go, okay, what's the problem? Get your shit together. But now let's talk about everything else about Ontario that is so different from the amount of universities in your region that you have to deal with that, that the rest of this country doesn't. So let's talk about, um, well, let's, let's talk about there first. Let's just talk about, um, as a guy that's been running the hurricanes for so many years, how tough is it um, to run a junior franchise with so many universities picking away at the high school talent? And do you wish you're out west? Do you wish you're out west uh, dealing with uh, a whole different situation? Well, I, I I wish I was out west because I've been there a number of times and it's beautiful. Uh, you know, you, you can always say nothing beats home, but you know, it's definitely my favorite part of the country. Um, well, there's a whole bunch of teams that would like Mike Sandler to move out there and, and get involved. So. <laughs> I'm good. Unfortunately, I'm good. the pay is exactly what you're getting where you are now. That's the problem. Exactly, and I wouldn't. I'd have a hard time shipping my two St. Bernards out there. So, um, uh, so. So people understand, I mean, it's, I, I don't know the exact numbers as far as, you know, how many high school programs are in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC, but I know they're probably nowhere near the amount of, um, that we have in Ontario. I'm, I'm willing to bet that we have more just by sheer numbers. I'm thinking, what, what do you think you have? Do you know? And I, you know what I've tried, I can log on to, Football BC, football Alberta, football Manitoba, football Saskatchewan, and there they are. I know, I know, you know, how many 12 men, how many nine men, how many six men. I've tried and I've made phone calls in Ontario to find out. Nobody seems to know. It's bizarre. Well, I think the problem is a lot of the schools, um, over the last, I'm going to say, four or five years have dropped their football program because of funding. A lot of schools, um, because of lack of interest, um, they've gone to like nine on nine and, and stuff. So I don't really know if, if the OFA, and, and I may be wrong on this, they, they may know, but I don't, I don't know either. I don't know how many schools there are. I mean, you know, for our recruiting area, we recruit we recruit in Hamilton. That's pretty much where we recruit. You know, there's about 17 high schools. Uh, there's some. The Hurricanes have a minor program uh, that play in the spring, and um, you know, we we get probably five to six guys coming up to the CJFL each year um so we get those guys and we don't recruit too far out of there although i will say we do have some guys from the toronto area uh we do have some guys from the cambridge brantford area and we have some guys from niagara but collectively i would say you know we don't bill it any kids here we don't bill it anybody um we probably, our biggest concern, not I guess not concern, but issue with the university programs around us is that 
My, if my understanding is correct, university teams can roster 90 players. And then they can have 20 players who are quote-unquote on the taxi squad or scout team, which invariably means if you're listed as one of those 20, you are not playing whatsoever. If you're the fifth-string quarterback and you're on that 20, if all four quarterbacks go down, you still can't play. It, it, that's my understanding. So they've got 110 guys. Now, within, uh, you know, if I include the beef eaters and, and, and the University of Western Ontario in this radius, about an hour and 15-minute drive from Hamilton, you have, a, I believe it's 11 choices to continue on after football. So you can go to Western, you can go to Laurier, you can go to Waterloo, you can go to Guelph, you can go to York, you can go to the U of T, or you can go to McMaster. On coupled with that, you've got the Beef Eaters, the Hurricanes, the GTA Grizzlies, and the uh, and uh, the Niagara Raiders. So there's 11 potential places to play in an hour's drive. So in knowing in knowing this. Our biggest challenge is the university scouts go in there, and of course, every, everybody's goal is to go to the what they perceive to be the next level, university football. They want to get noticed. They want exposure. They want to get drafted. They want to make next level, CFL, NFL, whatever it is. Um, the CJFL to me, is the alternate for them. Because as I see it, um, I know at least in Ontario, Blake, um, they have, a, they have a, a, a high school standard, like an equivalency test. And I read those reports when they come out, and every year it seems the marks are getting lower and lower for high school students. Which means, which means it's going to be tougher and tougher for those kids to go to university. So my thought is the trending is that it's going to be tougher for these kids who want to pursue football at university. It's going to be tougher and tougher for them to get into, and hopefully that opens the door for us. Or does something give where event? Well, yeah, there's the question, I guess. Do the universities care enough about football to lower their standards or does do the universities not care about football and does it just go away? Well, yeah, that, that I have no idea, but I, my guess is I'm willing to bet they're not willing to lower their standards. I mean, I think universities, you know, they're, they're in the business of higher education. You know, they're not in the business of, of having a great football team. And I mean, football, football, yeah, and football in Canada is not like the NCAA where it brings money into the school. It's a, it's a dream. You go to uh, Beaver Stadium at Penn State. Uh, one of our players um, went went down to watch a game uh, one weekend, and uh, he he we actually played on a Friday night. He got up early Saturday. And he drove to Penn State. And he said there was a hundred and six thousand people. 106,000 people in one stadium. So, if, you know, that funds so much at school, 
when you go to universities in Canada, I know McMaster on a good day will have, you know, maybe at a homecoming game, they'll have four to 5,000 people. But on average, they're probably two to 3,000 maybe. So, so with it becoming harder to get into university, just my opinion, that may show that the CGFL is a more viable option. You know, a lot of people are are going to university with the hopes of, and listen, <laughs> I'm probably going to get chastised for this, but I'm going to say it because it's my honest opinion and I'm just going to say it. There are so many guys that go to university that have no business going to university. Zero. And within a year or two, they flunk out because it's a huge culture shock. When you barely get by high school or you just barely do enough to get into uh, get a high school uh, degree or get into a university program, you have to accelerate your learning and studying that much more because university becomes harder. It becomes harder every level from grade school, it gets harder in high school. And from high school to go to college or university, it gets harder. So if you're just squeaking by, you know, you be you may be putting your family at risk of spending umpteen thousands of dollars for you to go to university, only to find out that you're spending thirty hours a week with the football program because you've got meetings and you've got practice and you got film and you got to lift and and you got to go to class and you got to eat and you got to sleep and somewhere in there you got to fit in homework. And it becomes overwhelming. Time management should be one of the university courses on how to manage your time because we've had a Ram Isho who was a three-time defensive player of the year for us. He went to McMaster after three years with us. And after two months there, I asked him, how are you finding it? And he said, I have no time for anything. I have zero time. It's like everything's regimented. You're going, you're getting up, you're going to school. Then you fit in a bit of studying and then you got to go, you know, to practice and it's one thing after another. So I think a lot of kids go to university with the, the delusions of grandeur that I'm going to, I'm going to make it. I'm going to do this only to find out after a year or two, they succeed, you know, and some kids go into university and just take general arts when really, you know, they may sit there and go, I really want to be in the skilled trades. You know, my family are a bunch of plumbers and they do okay. And, you know, so they go to a community college and they play in the CGFL. And we're finding more and more kids are going that route because universities A, too expensive, and B, they can't get in. They can't get in. So we're hoping that trend comes our way. But right now, we fight tooth and nail for every kid we get because the universities can, you know, hold up to 110 guys on their rosters. So, you know, invariably, and I know it's not everyone from that area, but there's 770 kids playing university football within an hour of us. So that's why we find it very tough to get, you know, some of the the top guys. That's part one of our interview with Hamilton Hurricanes president Mike Samuels. Sit tight in the next few days. Part two's up. 
Thanks for listening to Dieter's Canadian Junior Football Podcast. If you liked what you heard, or even if you didn't, tell your friends. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook.